0: Hey, guess what? We got a new puppy and we're using Whole Life Fresh Food Toppers to train him. When I open the bag, his tail wags like crazy and he loves it. You can even add the toppers to your existing kibble. And now you can get 25% off your first order with free shipping over $50. Visit wholelifepet.com and use promo code CALM. Look, with Whole Life Pet, you are feeding your pets human-grade food made in small, fresh batches daily, and then freeze-dried to lock in nutrients and freshness. So visit wholelifepet.com and use promo code CALM to get 25% off your first order with free shipping over $50. If you're unsure about what to try, you can fill out their short questionnaire by clicking the red Start Today button on the homepage. It'll ask you a few questions and make custom product recommendations for your pets. So visit wholelifepet.com and use promo code CALM to get 25% off your first order with free shipping over $50. So I'm super excited about this podcast because I have already recorded it about seven times. And every time I record it, I get a different insight. And then I go and I take my rough outline and I try to form it into a concise newsletter. And in the process of writing, I also discover some different insights. So then I go back and I record it again. So I hope by this, the eighth time I'm recording this, that it's really, really helpful for you. And this is what it's going to be about. You know, I usually start with a question like, do you have a child who's disrespectful, who's selfish? And I didn't want to do that this time. I want to break it up a little bit. But what it's really about is how we often misinterpret our child's behavior and motives. And that has huge ramifications. So I want to give you some insight. I think this is going to be extremely helpful. Otherwise, why do a podcast or listen to it? So, welcome to this edition of the Calm Parenting Podcast. This is Kirk Martin, founder of Celebrate Calm. You can find us at celebratecalm.com. Two things. One, if you need help, reach out to us, we're a family like yours. We had a strong-willed child just like yours, and you can reach out to him. His name's Casey, C-A-S-E-Y, at CelebrateCalm.com. Tell us about your family, what you're struggling with. We get together as a family. We discuss it. We reply back personally to you very, very quickly because we want to see changes in your family. Second thing, I'm trying to think of a better way to do this. Here's what I really want to say. If this podcast and the other podcasts resonate with you, Go to CelebrateCalm.com and get the Get Everything Package. Why? Because it has everything we've created and includes the No BS Instruction Manual. To me, this is what you should have gotten at the hospital or if you did home birth there when you had the strong-willed child. And I love it. And I want you to, uh, to be able to have the... There's a lot of wisdom and insight in there that will change these... It changes the situations. It changes the meltdowns, but it changes the relationship even more. And that's what we want. So here's where I wanna go with this. By the way, if you need help with that, if you need help financially, reach out to Casey, tell him and we'll help you out. and We'll make stuff work within your budget. So here's where I wanna go with this. You may think that your child is being defiant or disrespectful or even selfish sometimes. But most of the time, I think we misinterpret our child's behavior and that has serious consequences, right? Because when you assume the worst about your child's intentions or your spouse's intentions or your political opponent's intentions, you create a defensive response and you end up we, we miss what is really going on. We miss opportunities. So this leads to a child not feeling understood. And that usually in a person creates anger and resentment. It can cause them to shut down, right? And it ultimately creates the very defiance that you dreaded in the first place. And that wasn't even there in the first place. But now because we assume something wrong, it creates. So I want to go through three examples. The first one we have talked about before. So I'm not going to belabor that. It's this. It's that common thing uh, a lot of times with dads. Like, look me in the eyes when I'm talking to you. And it is a... it is. A fact in my world that when a a man becomes a father he gets this uh, dad handbook and one of the first things it says is you will misinterpret everything your child does as uh, as disrespect right because I always did that and so men almost always like well he's not looking me in the eyes that means he's disrespecting me now look there's a very good reason that men are uh, sensitive to the disrespect and it's not because we just want to be respected It's because we want to pass down our wisdom, right? I have a lot of wisdom in my life. I've done a lot of things wrong. I've been hurt by things. And I see my child going through the same things, and I want to save them that pain. And so I want my child to respect me, not so I can feel like the king, but so that I can pass down my wisdom so my child doesn't have to go through the same things. That is a very noble uh, motivation that we have but we often get tripped up on it, right? So we, we misinterpret it as disrespect. But I want to say clearly, as I always have, it's not disrespect. Some of your sensory kids think and process better when looking down or looking away. And that's why even in a classroom, I don't want teachers to require, look at me when I'm asking you that question. Oftentimes kids will doodle and they think better while they're doodling. When I'm doing this podcast, when I'm doing phone consultations, sometimes I will close my eyes because that's how I process and recall thoughts and stories better. The real reason your kids don't look you in the eyes then is because of shame and fear. Because we usually only give eye contact or demand eye contact when we're upset at them, when they're in trouble. And many of your kids have already internalized, I'm a bad kid, I'm always in trouble. So it's scary to them. It's embarrassing and it's just too much. So I'm going to encourage you, stop making this wrong assumption about your child's motives. That will create a lot of anger inside this child. What we can begin doing is giving positive intensity and look them in the eyes when they're doing something well, right? I make this joke at the live events of like, no mom or dad comes home from work and says, "So look, look at me, look at me. I'm proud of you. Just made a good choice, right? We don't do that. But I want you to begin doing, giving some attention. Hey, proud of you. It shows me you're growing up. Hey, well done. And then a fist bump, short, sweet. But give the eye contact, give the intensity to when your kids are making good choices. See, when your kids trust you and when they know that you're on their side, Right, I know you love your kids. Right, we all love our kids, but discipline devolves sometimes into this thing of like me against you. Right, you did something; it irritates me. I'm frustrated by it, so it's me against you, trying to get you. What I have to get through to you, so you. That doesn't feel good, and that doesn't work. So when they know I'm coming along, you're coming alongside and saying, "Hey, you keep doing this thing that's hurting you. I want to give you some tools and show you a different way to do it, because that's what discipline is: teaching, showing." Then they'll look you in the eyes, and I promise that will feel really, really good. Now, here is one of those things that I just uh, alluded to before that hit me when I was writing this out. And this is a huge insight that is very, very, um, uh, it's a foundational part of the Celebrate Calm kind of philosophy. As humans, our natural reflex is to assign responsibility to someone else. Right. And that's hence that admonition, right, of, hey, uh, instead of instead of uh, trying to pick the speck out of your neighbor's eye, first deal with that huge, big branch and log in your own eye. Right. Work on yourself, because here's the trap we fall into. If my son, if my daughter, if my spouse would just start doing X, then everything would be better. Well, that's a huge trap. That is a huge lie we tell ourselves. And so one of the beautiful parts that, that I like in this first example is what did we just discover? See, what we want is we want our child to look us in the eyes and respect us. And so our natural response is, well, he's just being disrespectful. He needs to change that. Look me in the eyes. And it has nothing to do with that, right? Right. But what it has, but how we can actually change the situation is not by putting all of our focus and effort and energy into trying to change someone else's behavior. Instead, I have one thing that I can control my life, and that's myself. And so when I focus my energy on this, I'm going to be trustworthy. I'm going to be someone who, when my child messes up, that I create a safe environment so they know that they can come to me. And so instead of always feeling like the bad kid, I am going to, to begin changing myself so that they feel an openness to come to me, right? That's, that's a huge insight that if you can put that into play in your life, in your marriage with your kids and stop blaming everything, well, my kids are so strong, well, I know they are. They're really difficult. That's why you're listening to this podcast. But what changes things is when I begin to say, you know what? I have a part to play in this. And when I take when I start putting my energy into changing myself, and that's that's what this was all built on. I know we give a lot of strategies for changing different things, but the core of it, the 30 days to calm program is me learning how to control and change myself, and that changes everything. Okay, second example. This is a common one. My 5-year-old daughter won't compliment her older sister or watch her Gymnastics events, why does she have to be so selfish? And another related one is, oh, my child seems like he's an own little world. He always seems so self-absorbed. Now, two different answers, but kind of on the same vein. I don't think that your daughter is being selfish. I think she's very normal for that age, right? Parents get freaked out like, oh, my child's not sharing in preschool. Good, they're not supposed to uh, share. Until about age seven, for many of your kids, that is what is developmentally appropriate. But what happens? We freak out because now we get a note like, well, your child's not sharing with the other kids. And now we start to assume and look into the future. Like, oh, am I raising a sociopath? Why can't they, why can't they share? And then I begin lecturing and lecturing about, you need to share. And you do that. And what we're doing is, watch. I, we're imposing an arbitrary judgment on a little kid. She's supposed to be self-absorbed at age five right now not at age 25 or 35 or 45 but at age five of course she's five her whole job in life and listen i know this will bug some of you but it's not to learn how to follow directions not at age five do i want her to follow directions sure absolutely i want her to learn to listen and do things i don't want her running out in the street and dying okay But her primary job is to explore things that she's curious about. That's her job description. I remember once doing a phone consultation with a couple and the dad's like, I know, but she's got to learn. I was like, I know, she will learn it. Dad, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write a job description for a five-year-old. What is their job description? Is it to get up early and work out and be at the office early and work extra hard for your boss? No, that's not her job yet, right? That's your anxiety projecting in something into the future that's not even true. She's not being selfish. She's being curious about the things that interest her. See, you love your older daughter, but that doesn't mean that your five-year-old should Right? It's not like you volunteer all the time to go watch other people's kids uh, participate in boring sports that you don't care about. Right? So relax with that. What's really going on is, probably is, you have a strong-willed child. Overall, strong-willed kids have very busy brains. They're, They're very deep into their own brains, all these ideas going on. And when your child wakes up in the morning, your child has an agenda because most of your kids, a lot of them picture things in their brains. They picture something, right? That uh, something with Legos that I want to build, something I want to color or create. And so they have this agenda when they wake up and they want to accomplish what they visualized. So your daughter and this mom had described, and I said, think what she's doing. She's got a picture in her brain of what she wants to accomplish. And then she goes about doing it. And that takes focus, persistence, pig-headed determination, and follow through. See, she's exhibiting all the qualities you want her to have in life. She's doing it now. But you're worried because she's, she's not interested in cheering on her sister at gymnastics when in reality she's doing what she's supposed to do and she's exhibiting all those qualities that I guarantee you, one day you're going to say she doesn't have these qualities when it comes to homework and sitting in class and doing boring chores, right? But it's there now, does that make, I, I hope that makes sense because other, look, I've got two ways, if I look at this, she's just a selfish little child. Well. What's your solution for that, right? Now I'm gonna start badgering her and lecturing her. It's like we do with kids of, you know, you just need to be a little bit more grateful. That's a horrible thing to say. Do you, want, do you want someone saying that to you? You know, a little bit of gratitude right now would be really nice. Like, no, it just sounds icky, stop. Instead, why not enter into her world, right? Why not enter in and say, you know what I love about you, honey? And this is a great question. When you woke up this morning, what was the first thing that popped into your head? What is it that you wanted to accomplish? You know what I love about you? You get a picture of something in your brain, and then you just go about doing it. And I love that you do it. See, it's two different. It's the same. Watch this, what's important. It's the same child. The child is doing the same thing that they have done, but how I viewed them changed. And in one story... One narrative that I tell, because watch, we tell narratives to our friends, right? You're going to talk to your friends. They're going to be like, well, my daughter's just so selfish. And then the other parent might be like, well, my daughter's just so great. And you're like, okay, I'm not your friend anymore, right? Make sure your best friend has a child who's worse than yours. Kidding, but it does help. So watch, the narrative we begin to tell other people and ourselves is, I have a selfish daughter and now I begin interpreting, misinterpreting everything that she does as self-centered. And what do we complain about at school? Your child begins to get a little bit of a reputation and now everything that they do is misinterpreted as bad behavior. Or the narrative I have is, this is perfectly normal for my five-year-old or eight-year-old or 15-year-old child to do whatever age they're at, they're doing age-appropriate things. And instead of fighting it and trying to fix them and change them because it makes me uncomfortable, I enter into it and I get to say, I love how curious you are. I love that you're focusing on that. That will change how your child feels inside. It changes how you see that. It changes everything. So here's another example, third example. And I like this one as well. Just checking my time. It's a little bit longer than I usually go, but this is really good. I'm enjoying this. If I'm enjoying it, hopefully you are. Because it's such good insight. It's going to change things. So here's another one, common one with uh, phone consultations. We get an email. Like my son, the basics was my teenage son won't go to sleep at night. He stays up late just to irritate us. And I was like, "Mm, That's whenever I hear that, my first instinct is, not sure that's exactly what's going on so i ask a lot of questions right to get curious about well what else is going on tell me about your son a little bit so what i replied back to the dad was my gut tells me your child has probably always stayed up a little bit later because that's his natural that's his natural rhythm right because he's got a busy brain he's probably got some anxiety and he thinks about things and thinks about things right and also many of our kids stay up because they don't want to miss out on what's going on Well, if the parents are up, I must be missing out on the fun stuff. I don't want to go to bed, right? Many of your kids have that. So your child delays. Plus, this is really good insight. The world feels more peaceful later at night. That's why many of your kids won't do their homework until you go to bed. And then at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, it's like the world slows down, right? Parents aren't lecturing. The world isn't buzzing with all its nervous energy. Look, there's a lot of nervous energy in this world. Right? That's why I don't like going out in traffic at 4, between 3.30 and 5.30 or 6 at night. I don't like doing errands then. Why? Because everybody's on to way home from work, picking up the kids, and it's frantic. And it's just, there's a different pace to it. I don't like it. It's unsettling. Right? If you've ever noticed, this is why, why do you, why do you think creative people, a lot of writers, a lot of um, uh, artists, do their best work really late at night? Now, some of it is, maybe they're a little bit weird, too. But that's when they actually can feel things because they're very sensitive and they get in touch with themselves because there's not all this extra chaos and commotion going on. So that's probably what's going on. So practical things you can do, right? Like letting them read about anything that's interesting to them, magazine, uh, anything. Listen to audiobooks or a podcast. Maybe you run a fan, some white noise, give them some sensory pressure. All those things can be helpful. But here's what I would do instead. Assume he's not just being a jerk on purpose because that takes you down a different path. Look, if I think my child is just staying up late to irritate us, what is my tone all night long? Jacob, Jake, listen, it's time to go to bed. Look, you're already 15 minutes late. You know what, if you're not gonna get in bed, then we're fine, we're just gonna take away screens tomorrow. And the whole night from about eight o'clock on is just your own anxiety about, is he gonna go to bed tonight? What do I have to do to get this kid? And it just becomes this whole negative thing. So what if instead you create a late night tradition with him where you two connect for a few minutes, right? Maybe you enjoy a special snack together, right? You build something or you just talk about something he's interested in. It's a great one to do. And you give them an opportunity to let them dump any anxious thoughts out. Think about this. Many times the day is busy, busy, busy. After school, after school, we got extracurriculars. We got to do homework. We got to eat. We got to get a shower. We got all this stuff. Now go to bed. And we never really slow down. But what if you created it? I don't know what it is for you. Be creative. Maybe it's sitting in the basement. Maybe it's sitting outside in a hammock. Maybe it's outside on the swings with your child at 10 o'clock at night. I don't know. But do something. Maybe it's sitting in beanbag chairs. Maybe it's meeting up in the attic, right? on some In some comfy place where you've got a snack and you just sit there and maybe you don't even talk, but you have a snack and you're just there together and you're connecting with this child. And so see what you're doing. You trade the normal tradition, which is end of the day conflict, lecturing, reminding, pushing. And instead of ending the day like that every day, you end with a new tradition that's peaceful, that's quiet, that's calming, that's connecting, and see if that creates a more more natural transition to sleep. So the dad replied with some good insight I wanted to share. And he said, okay, I get it now. He's not staying up because he wants to be disobedient. Think how loaded that word is. And I'm talking to you, Christian parents, because you're usually the ones who use that word a lot right? That's how you can tell it's usually a religious family. It's like my child's being disobedient, right? And it, it's a loaded word, right? That comes with all kinds of like uh, challenging authority. So he's not being disobedient or because he lives loves to give others a hard time. I'm not saying that your kids don't like that. They do like that, partly because you keep reacting. That's your issue too. So, And dad goes on. He's just got an active mind and he's curious and it feels good and calm to him to stay up a little bit later. It sounds like this may be a problem or an issue we just have to manage rather than fix or correct. See, that bingo. You just nailed it. You're seeing your child in a different way. So let me wrap it up this way. Think where we've come. My son isn't just being disrespectful. In fact, he's got some shame inside and feels like a bad kid, and now I have an opportunity to create successes and help him feel better about himself. My daughter isn't actually being selfish. She's curious. She's determined to accomplish what she's pictured in her brain. So how can I enter into that and foster that curiosity instead of my anxiety causing me to assume the worst. My teenager isn't just being disobedient on purpose. He's got a busy brain. He's got a lot of stuff going on in his life. He's got some anxiety. So instead of fighting him every night, I can find a way to bond with him. Not only will that change your child's behavior, it will change your relationship. And long-term, that changes all behavior, right? That's what we're after. That's why I want you to listen to all the stuff that we've produced in the No BS program in and and that Get Everything package so you can step by step begin doing these small things that have a huge impact on your child. Because if you want, and I'll end on this one. Here's a great question to ask child. Does it ever feel like I've misjudged your, your motives, right? That's huge insight. I want to apologize for that. I've been misjudging your motives all along. And if I were you, I'd feel angry about that. that. That would make me feel angry. And so I want to see you in a different way. And that's why I want you to start. If you get the package, you start with the Enjoy Your Strong Willed Child uh, uh, program. And you download it right on the app and start listening to that. Let your kid, let your child listen to that because he'll feel very, he'll be like, this guy's describing me. That's me, mom, dad. That's what it feels like. That will change things. So, I love this podcast. I know it's a little bit longer than normal ones, but still only like 23 minutes long. So if you found it helpful, please share it with other people, parents. And if you need help, reach out to Casey, C-A-S-E-Y at CelebrateCalm.com. We want to help you. Love you all. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.